Welcome, 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 everybody. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. Uh, this is my Monday through Thursday where I teach uh, business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Who am I? I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show, and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consultancy, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together, get you legit. So if you're a startup and you need to register your business with the state, if you need contracts, if you need help with brand protection, if you need to know how to hire employees properly, EIN numbers, DUNS numbers, operating agreements, your girl got you. I'm a licensed attorney, have been one. I've been one for 14 years and counting. Okay, Busy Peach. Uh, I have started businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administration. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but so many of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful in business, there are just some things that you need to know. There's no way around it. So if you would like to see how we can work together to get your, you know, get your business life together, get you in order, get all that paperwork together, I want you to do something for me. I want you to go to linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm because you're going to be able to do a lot of things there. You're going to be able to download my free business launch cheat sheet that will help you start your dream business in seven days or less. You're going to be able to book a free 15 minute consultation if you are a first time client. Uh, you will also be able to subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast where I post the video and audio version of this show every day because you can't always be live with me. So you can always watch the replay on my YouTube channel or hear the audio on my podcast. And um, there's only a few days left um, in the month of February, but I wanted to let you know I'm all month long. My EIN workshop replay has been um, on sale for $29. So you still have a couple more days to get that. Now, if you are in the beginning stages of your business, your business, just like you as a person, you, you have a social security number. Your business needs a social security number. Uh, most attorneys, if you go to them and say, hey, I need an EIN number, they're going to charge you anywhere between $75 and $125 to just get you the number, and they're not going to show you how to do it. My EIN workshop replay, Hi Beast Mo Burke, it is on sale um, until February, until the end of February, so March 1st, it goes back up to the regular price. It's on sale for $29, um, and I teach you how to do it. Um, you know, in real time, so you can see all the parts that you need to have together. And it comes with my EIN prep um, guide and my business entities uh, ebook. So go get the EIN workshop replay while it is on sale at linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm. All right, now that I have shielded my wares, it is time to talk about the show. Here's how the show works. If you have not been here before, although I think most people who are watching right now are home people. Um, so I pull stories that you guys have sent me, stories that I see in the news, stories that I get in my emails from my Google alerts. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yes you were at the live event. Beast Moberg came to, uh, my business launch boot camp. Was it last year? I was the top of last year. Yes. Um, and it was great. But, um, yes, so I pull stories and we discuss them. Uh, we pull the lessons that we can learn as 
you know, startups and business owners so that we can go out in the world and do better than these people who we're talking about here, okay? These stories are cautionary tales <laughs> so that we don't go out and make the same mistakes. So I'm going to need you guys' participation. I'm going to ask you guys to put some emojis, some letters, some comments. I'm going to ask your opinions on these stories. So I want you to pay attention, okay? Hi, Miss Dankness, Bud Life. All right, so we're about to get started, um, and before we get started, I want to make sure everybody's on the same page, so let me see a couple readies, okay? Let me see a couple readies before we get started, so I make sure that we are all on the same page. We have, what's, the, is today Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, okay, I thought it was Thursday for some reason in my head, even though I said Wednesday when I started. Uh, but yes, we got... Four stories today, and I think we're going to have time to get through all of them. Thank you, Beast Mode Burke. I know I had said that I was going to stick to three, but, you know, so if we can fit in four, let's do it. I got no more ready. Not, oh, Beast Mode Burke is the only one ready. That's okay, girl. It's just going to be me and you tonight, apparently. But that's all right. Okay. So, first story that we are talking about tonight. Um, is anybody here trying to get into the cannabis industry? If you are trying to get into the cannabis industry, give me, hi, good hair, good body, give me a leaf. Oh, thank you, Miss Dankness Bud Life for the ready. If you are trying to get into or you are in the cannabis industry, give me a leaf emoji, some type of plant emoji, okay? Um, so the first story that we are talking about has to do with the cannabis industry. So as you know, cannabis, um, it's still federally illegal. However, there have been some um, some strides made in getting certain parts of the cannabis plant legal. If you didn't know, um, hemp is now legal. As long as your hemp has less than 0.3% of THC in your hemp, you can legally sell hemp, okay? Um, and with if hemp being legal, that opens up a new world of possibilities for trademarks. Good hair, good body. How you doing, girl? Um, so there is a company in Las Vegas, Nevada. You trying to level up, Miss Dangness? Well, this is just a little update for you. Um, thank you for the, for the plant emojis, Beast Mode, Burke. This is a little update for you in the hemp and the cannabis industry. There is a company named Global Cannabinoids. They are based in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, they have gotten a um, trademark registration. So not just an application. Their trademark has been approved. They have gotten a trademark approval for the name Global Cannabinoids. Now, what are the products that Global Cannabinoids are going to be using with um, this trademark? They're going to be selling e-cigarettes, herbal tinctures, e-cigarette liquids, essential oils, and cosmetic cream. Um, again, all of these are derived from hemp, not, um, not necessarily, you know, the psychoactive part of the cannabis plant, because that part is still illegal. The, the products that they are selling are derived from the hemp part of cannabis, okay? And Global Cannabinoids, if you didn't know, they are one of the largest bulk and wholesale producers, manufacturers, and distributors of hemp-based products. And they have about 70,000 customers um, throughout the United States. So if you are a person who, you know, is trying to get into the cannabis industry or 
um, is in the cannabis industry and is looking for partners, maybe you want to check out Global Cannabinoids. See if there's some partnerships that you guys can do. Because they've got this trademark coming, so you know they're going to be coming out with a lot of products. And it might be good to get in on the ground floor. So go check out Global Cannabinoids, okay? All right. Um, yes. So that is our first story. Just wanted to let you guys know, like, the reason why I talk about these cannabis, um, news stories is because cannabis is a still developing industry. It is very new and it is the per, and it's the perfect time for you to jump in if this is your interest. It's, it's always easier hiking tax services to jump into an industry earlier than later when, you know, it's fully saturated. So if that is something that you're trying to do, now is the time to make those, you know, do the groundwork and get that the, the business foundation together, okay? And your girl can help you. Um, just, you know, book your, book your consultation at linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm. Okay? Now, next story we are talking about. It has to do with the title of this episode. You were like getting off your broadcast. Oh my gosh, guys, um, tech. Tax season is here, okay? Tax season is actually almost over, and if you have not gotten your tax life together or you need help getting your finances together and your, your budget together after looking at your taxes and W-2s and refunds and you're like, where's my money? Go follow King Tax Services 18 because she is going to get you together, okay? All right. So the next story we are talking about is this show's favorite family, apparently, or at least the favorite member of the family, um, Kylie Jenner. <laughs> we actually talked about her yesterday. Um, and last week, there was actually an article that was written um, last week that said, Kylie Jenner is a trademarking monster and must be stopped. Hi, Sincere39. Um, right? And um, after reading this story, um, I can see where the people were coming from. So if you didn't know, Kylie Jenner has filed yet another trademark application. She has uh, filed a trademark application for the phrase Kylie hair. Um, it is supposed to be for hair products and styling tools. So, you know, shampoos, conditioners, curling irons, things like that. Kylie Jenner has filed a trademark for those products. Um, and in this article I read, the reason why I'm bringing up this, uh, story is not to, to let you guys know that Kylie has filed yet another trademark because that is apparently what she does as a hobby. Um, but to help you understand like that trademarks mean money. We know that the Kardashians, they brand everything. Did you know that Kylie Jenner by herself has 125 trademarks 125 trademarks okay and the kardashian jenner clan amongst all of them have about 700 trademark applications between them or trademarks between them so this family is no stranger to branding they know how to they know how to protect their stuff and they are willing to put their money where their mouth is and trademark anything that they can to make some money off of it. So while I don't necessarily, while I'm not necessarily fans of them in terms of what they produce, I do have to give it up to them for being very, you know, about their paper and, and you know, securing these trademarks and securing these brands because they are influencers and when they tell their people to buy something, people buy it. So why not capitalize on that? 
put your name on it and people can buy your stuff and you can make money. So Kylie has filed yet another trademark application. Um, good hair, good body said trademarks equals property equals real estate exclusivity for at least 30 years. Yes. Trademarks are the new, uh, they're the new gold guys. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I would never say be like the Kardashian Jenner clan, except when it comes to business, because that family is a machine. Okay, and that is the nicest thing that I have to say about them. Uh, they haven't, like, I just, they're just not my thing. They're, they're not for me, okay, but I respect the hustle. All right, uh, before we move on to our next stories, want to remind you guys, you are watching MPL Legal Dish. I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis, host of the show and owner of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. If you are in the startup phase in your of your business, or if you are, you know, looking for a side hustle, or, you know, trying to make some extra money and, and you really want to make it something real, I'm your girl. I help you get that paperwork done so that you can get your deductions on your taxes by, you know, um, logging your expenses. But you can only do that if you have a registered business. Um, I help you get your contracts together so your, so your clients don't, you know, disappear on you or, you know, flake out or say, well, that's not what we agreed on. Um, I help you get your EIN numbers and DUNS numbers so you can be out there doing the financial things that you need to be doing with your business. So if you are in the startup phase of your business or if you are still trying to figure out what you want to do with your business, go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm. Go download the free business launch cheat sheet if you don't know what you want to do yet and you need some help figuring it out. Or if you know what you want to do, book a free 15-minute consultation and let's talk, okay? Let's move on to the next story. But Good Hair, Good Body put another comment in here. She said, trade secrets equals exclusivity in perpetuity. That's right. Coca-Cola's um, Coca recipe for Coca-Cola is a total trade secret. Nobody knows what it is. Um, yes. All right. So the next story that we have, has anybody watching, have you lived in, are you from, or have you ever been to the state of Kentucky. Uh, I have not been to Kentucky, but if you have, if you are from, if you have lived in, or if you have ever stepped foot in Kentucky, give me a K. Give me a K. Let me see if I can make a K with my body. Okay. K. Wait. I have to be this way so you guys can see it. K. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So, can, um, no, all right, Cynthia39 has not been to Kentucky. That's cool. I haven't Kentucky either. Um, uh, with trade secrets, you need an NDA. Very good hair, good body. Just go to law school already, girl. <laughs> all right, so we're talking about the state of Kentucky, all right? If you didn't know, there is an organization. No. <laughs> Um, if you didn't know, in Kentucky, there is an organization called the Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels. Um, they are a nonprofit and they provide grants to charitable organizations throughout the state. So essentially, they're a foundation. They raise money and they give it to, you know, worthy causes. And if you don't know what a foundation is or the different types of nonprofit organizations, you should go pick up my nonprofit, um, my nonprofit ebook. It tells you all about the different types 
of nonprofit organizations they are and what they're supposed to do. It's only $9.97. You can go to gumroad.com forward slash NPL consulting firm and pick that up. Okay. So honorable order of Kentucky colonels, they're out here giving money to worthy causes. Um, and this organization was actually the, 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 the title of, yes, the title. Oh, you have been to Kentucky. Cool. This group has the highest title of honor that you can get from the Kentucky governor. So this is a pr- pretty prestigious um, organization. Hi, Bell Chocolat. Um, okay. Now, they have filed a trademark infringement suit against another organization called Kentucky Colonels International. Um, now, this organization... Is their their goal is to bring attention to those commissioned as colonels for good deeds in Kentucky. So basically, they're just you know kind of out here shouting out people who did cool stuff or you know good deeds in Kentucky. Um, the problem is the Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels is saying that Kentucky Colonels International is creating confusion and misappropriating goodwill. Hi, Williams Lynn Foxy 76. What a long and lovely name. Um, okay, so this new group, Kentucky Colonels International, they have been soliciting funds. So they have been collecting money. And Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels is saying that Kentucky Colonels International is basically duping people out here. The name is too close to the honorable order and people aren't sure who they're actually donating to. They said that there have actually been mistags on Facebook. So people who have received money from the honorable order of Kentucky Colonels have tagged Kentucky Colonels International because they thought it was the other group. And they want um, an injunction. Oh, hi, Latanya. Um, and they want an injunction. Um, the, they want the court to put an injunction, which means that they want the court to tell Kentucky Colonels International that they cannot use that name. And they also want damages because they're like, you guys have been collecting donations using a name that is particular to us. So we want you to pay us that money back. Now, as for the person who started Kentucky Colonels international um he doesn't even live in kentucky he actually lives in venezuela um apparently he had uh he had approached honorable order of kentucky colonels about doing some type of merging of organizations or you know um doing some type of joint venture and they were not interested he wanted to be able to use the kentucky colonel's name and they were like no nah dude we don't want to work with you So even, they said no, and he was like, well, bump y'all, I'm still going to start this organization. So he, uh, he started the organization, um, and when they didn't want to work with him, he wrote a disparaging blog post. So basically he went on the internet and said, the Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels, these people are whack, I was trying to, you know, work with them, and they don't want to work with me, they, you know, they're misappropriating funds, blah, 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 um, on top of that, so this guy who started Kentucky Turtle, K- Kentucky Colonels International, he wants to fight this legal case 
but he said he doesn't have the money to fight it, so he is looking for an attorney to represent him pro bono, aka for free. So all of this, we know all of this, all these facts. I want to know from you: Do you think that there is a credible argument of confusion between Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels and Kentucky Colonels International? I'm not from Kentucky. So this phrase Kentucky Colonels for me it's kind of um it's kind of singular. Yeah, I kind of think of Kentucky Fried Chicken but it's not Kentucky Fried Chicken. But if I'm hearing Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels and then Kentucky Colonels International, I might at least think that they're related. So I want to know from you guys, do you think that there is space in Kentucky for the two of these? Uh Latanya said it's too close for comfort. Um, there, there is a likelihood of confusion. What, uh, what else do you guys think? Um, is Latanya the only one with an opinion? What else y'all think? I think it's too close. I think this guy in Hi Black Beautiful, I Black Beautiful Twenty Nine. I think this guy in Venezuela was trying to run a scam. He tried to work with the group. You know, maybe he was going to infiltrate because he had said that he wanted to merge with them and then take over the list or whatever. Um, they didn't want to work with him. And that, uh, so he went and did his own thing. It's, you thought the story would be about bourbon? No, it's not about bourbon. It's about donations. Miss Dankness Bud Life said definitely too close. All right. So while we are not, con- I don't know what you call Kentucky people, Kentuckians, con- Kentuckys, Kentuckites. <laughs> but, um, I think we don't live in Kentucky. Uh, you would you would think that they are affiliates with each other. We don't live in Kentucky, right? But we are we are reasonable people. We are reasonably intelligent people. I I think we're very intelligent people if we're all you know in this show together. Um, so if we as a group reasonably think that there is confusion between these two nonprofits, how likely do we think it is that the complaining group, the Honorable Order, is going to win. Who do you think is going to win in this case? Latanya said, they caused too much confusion in trying to interfere in their position of receiving donations. Absolutely, absolutely. How are you, you were just trying to work with this group. They said no, so you decided to start your own group with the same name. It sounds pretty fishy to me. Um... But we're going to wait and see what happens, uh, yes, we're going to wait and see what happens between uh, the Honorable Order of Kentucky Colonels and Kentucky Colonels International. Miss Dengness Bud Life said, I see many East Coast companies trying to adopt names of already established West Coast companies and it's going to lead to trouble. Absolutely. Uh, particularly, the, the, there's going to be a lot of confusion, particularly because of this cannabis issue. Because cannabis is not federally legal, you have state trademarks, right? So if I have a state trademark in California, that doesn't prevent somebody in Massachusetts from trademarking that that same phrase for the cannabis industry in their state because we can't have federal trademarks. So yeah, I think that as if um, as cannabis becomes more federally legal, we're gonna see some of these state-held uh, cannabis companies butting heads over trademarks. That is a very, very good observation, Miss Dankness Bud Life. Okay. So all that is to say, 
you need to think ahead with when you're naming your businesses or when you're trademarking names. You need to be very careful about the names that you choose. You don't want to be too close to someone else, especially somebody else with an established reputation who can come after you. You want to make sure that you are as unique as possible. Miss Dengas Bud Life said, how does that apply to D.C. since we're not a state? The way that it applies to D.C. is that cannabis is not legal here, and it will not be legal until cannabis is federally legal. D.C. is not a state, so we do not have the, so they, I don't live in D.C. anymore, they don't have the privilege of statehood, so they are not allowed to do a lot of the things that states do. So while cannabis is decriminalized in D.C., you can't do anything really, um, commercial with it unless you're in the medical field. That means that you can't get any trademarks for it, um, at least not in D.C., okay? All right. But good luck to the Kentucky Colonels, okay? All right. And the last story that we are talking about, it is actually an update on a story we talked about last night. If you were here last night, we talked about Panda Express versus Panda Libre. If you were here for the Panda Express versus Panda Libre story last night, give me a panda emoji. You're welcome, Miss Dankness Bud Life. If you were here for the Panda Express story last night, give me a panda emoji. And while you do that, I'm just going to catch people up um, who weren't here. So if I'm sure all of you know, you've been, if you've been to a mall, you've seen a Panda Express. They are uh, fast. Asian style food. Thank you, Sincere39. <clears throat> it's okay, King Tax Services. Pan Express, they're fast Asian style food. They're all over the country. Um, and if you didn't know, Panda Express actually has trademarks. Thank you, um, Latanya, for the panda. Panda Express actually has trademarks for not only Panda Express, but also Panda Cafe, Panda Inn, Panda Kitchen, and Panda Tea Bar. So the company that owns Panda Express, they're out here. They got the names everywhere, right? Well, we also talked about this uh, restaurant in um, Gilbert, Arizona called Panda Libre. Uh, there is a guy out there. He started a Mexican-Asian fusion restaurant, and he named it um, Panda Libre. Uh, he said that he, uh, named it Panda Libre because, uh, he, he kind of named it after an Asian restaurant that his parents opened in 1983. The person who owns Panda Libre, he is Asian, but his, his wife is, uh, is Mexican, I believe. Um, but this guy, his parents had opened a Panda Cafe in 1983 in Utah, and now he's in Arizona, and he opened his own restaurant. He's like, you know, in homage to my parents, I'm going to use Panda in the name, but he called his place Panda Libre. Um, so Panda Express is coming after Panda Libre because he has trademarked the name, and they're telling him that they want him to stop using the name and his logo. Now, his logo, I don't really see an, a problem with it. If you check my stories, I put the results from the poll yesterday. It is a panda dressed up as like um, a luchadore and doing like the Kung Fu Panda flying kick. Um, and Panda Express is very uh, up in arms about this. They're coming after this restaurant owner in Arizona saying that he is infringing on their trademarks. So um, I now yesterday when I asked you guys if you would mistake Panda Express and Panda Libre, most of you said no. But now that we know that Panda Express has all of these trademarks for Panda Ex Express, Panda Cafe, Panda Inn, Panda Kitchen, Panda Tea Bar, 
Do we understand why Panda Express might be a little bit concerned about this Panda Libre, um, Sincere 39 is still too close. Why they might be concerned about Panda Libre. What if Panda Libre decides to expand and starts being a franchise? Do you see any confusion or any competition? Well, competition isn't necessarily bad. But do you see any confusion? Let's say Panda Libre blows up and there are Panda Libres all over the place. Do, Do you foresee any confusion between Panda Express and Panda Libre? operating in the same restaurant space because they're both fast casual um i'm sure panda libre you can kind of sit and eat more whereas panda express you just kind of get it and go but what do you think king tech service said logo wise maybe logo wise i honestly don't think the logo is the biggest problem the pandas look totally different the panda express he's just kind of like rolling around on the ground and the Panda Libre, he's like, you know, doing a flying kick. Sincere39 said there might be confusion. Okay. I think it's more in the auditory thing and hearing, you know, the panda. Because Panda Express, I just, I immediately have that image. If I think Panda Libre, I'm not thinking of that flying, kicking, kicking bear, you know. But if I hear it and it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm driving somewhere and I see a sign for Panda Libre. I might be like, oh, that must be like a Panda Express and go over there. I don't know. It's just a thought. We don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, Panda Libre, they're really kind of shook because they've pretty much invested all their money in this restaurant. They really don't want to have to go through a long, drawn-out legal battle with with Panda Express because they are a big national company. They got a lot of money. Um... Latanya said, absolutely, there are too many similarities as far as, the na- as far as the name, and there may be similar items on the menu. Hmm. Well, th- there might be, but remember that Panda Libre is a Mexican-Asian fusion, whereas Panda Express is pretty much just straight Asian food. So, I don't know if they're, they, they might have similar ingredients or, you know, similar components, um, but I don't know if they're, because I remember going to a few years ago, I went to, uh, uh, it was a Japanese Mexican fusion restaurant. Um, and it was kind of like remixes of things that I knew with, with, you know, Asian and, and Latin food, but wasn't exactly it. Hi, always hungry. Oh, always hungry. We're just talking about some food. (laughs) Yes. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens between Panda Express and Panda Libre, but let's take a quick poll. Um, if you think that Panda Libre will have to change their name, give me a one. If you think that Panda Libre will win and they'll be able to keep their name, give me a two. Uh, that is the poll. Um, so King Sack Services said someone who is new to the Panda food may get confused. Okay, so most of you think that Panda Libre uh, is going to have to change the name, or at least King Tech Services and Sincere39 think that they're going to have to change the name. Hi, Miss Whitney. We're about to end, girl. Um, I think that Panda Libre, not necessarily because they're wrong, but just because a lot of times if you have a trademark dispute and it is between a smaller company and a larger company, frankly, the larger company has enough money to wait you out. They can drag you, um, Panda Express came out first. Um, they can drag you through court and, you know, just kind of keep filing motions and keep you in there. 
and litigation is expensive. Um, Latanya thinks that Panda Libre will be able to keep their name. Um, so I think that just based on the fact that in the article, the, the, the owners of Panda Libre are expressing concern that they don't know, you know, how they're going to be able to do this. Um, I think that they're probably going to settle and change their name. Uh, Always Hungry thinks that Panda Libre is going to have to change their name. Um, all right. So I think we have a pretty good consensus. Panda Libre will probably have to change their name. Um, but you know, I, we wish them all the luck in their Asian fusion restaurant out in Gilbert, Arizona. Um, but yeah, so those were the stories. Okay. We're not so, we're not that over tonight, so we're good. So those were the stories that I had for you guys tonight. Um, I want to thank you as always. <laughs> I want to thank you as always. Um, oh, no problem. Thank you as always for your presence, for your participation. I can't do this show without you guys. You guys make the show fun. So when you guys are here and you're talking to me, I really appreciate it. Um, make sure that you grab the EIN Workshop replay while it is still on sale. Uh, um, it goes back up. March 1st, if you are in the startup phase of business and you don't have your business's social security number, you're not really going to be able to get very far. So save yourself the, um, the 75 to $125 that a typical attorney would charge you for an EIN number and learn how to do it yourself for $29. Okay. Um, as well, we will be back tomorrow night for more stories. If you guys ever have a story that you want me to cover, please feel free to send it to me, DM me, tweet me. I'm on Twitter, even though I'm not on Twitter. Um, uh, but yeah, check, um, send them to me. Always Hungry said, so much money to change a name. Yeah, it is money to change a name. What's better, EIN first or LLC? Um, well, so what you should do is you need to do a search within your state where you're filing and make sure that your business name isn't taken already. So that way you can file them both together, Okay. Um, I like to kind of do everything at the same time. Some people like to file with the state first and wait to make sure that they're accepted before they get their EIN number. Um, but I think because I kind of know the processes of making sure to check that the business name isn't taken, I just like to get everything out of the way. Um, oh, hey girl. Yes. So if I, ha but if I have to choose, if I have to choose. If I had to choose, I would say do the LLC first because that's going to take the longest. It's going to take anywhere from two weeks to a month or so for your state to get back to you. Whereas the EIN number, you can get that done in 15 minutes. So the day that you get your articles of incorporation from your state, you can literally go to the, um, the IRS website and get your EIN number. All right. Okay. Any more questions before we head out before we head out i'm gonna give you like two more minutes um while you get your last questions in what else if you want to advertise on the show go to linktree forward slash npl consulting firm click the advertise with us button um come on the show you could pop on let people know what you got i got i got good views on facebook facebook even though you know it does these delays my views on facebook people be watching i see y'all um, yeah, two weeks to a month, girl. <laughs> it's not immediate. It's people. They got to get the form. They got to make sure it's not taking all that. Thank you, King Tax Services. Um, but yeah, 
So that is what I have for you tonight. Come hang out with me tomorrow night um, for more stories. If you find something during the day that you want me to talk about, DM me. Let me know, y'all. I can't catch everything. Um, But yeah, take care of yourselves and see you tomorrow. Bye. And bye, mom. Bye, dad.